0: Hello and welcome to the Tech Disruptors podcast. In this podcast series, we talk with CEOs and management teams about their views on tech disruption and how it is driving their decision making and strategy. My name is Sunil Raj Gopal, software analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, and independent equity research arm at Bloomberg. And I have with me Taylor Brown, co-founder and chief operating officer at FiveTran a software platform that connects and moves, dispersed, divergent and disjointed pools of enterprise data to a centralized cloud repository to drive intelligence and run analytics. Taylor, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Sunil. Excited to be here.
0: Great. Before we move ahead, my quick question for you is, is there any more color you would like to add to the description I provided about your business?
1: Sure, yeah, I think um, it it was an apt description, but I would maybe try and uh, describe it in a little bit more simpler terms. We help companies of all sizes move data uh, to a cloud data warehouse or cloud data lake in a highly automated uh, fashion so that they can then build applications on top of it, they can run analytics on top of it, Uh, to better understand their business, make better decisions, and ultimately uh, help perform better in the market. So we're that underlying infrastructure uh, for easily collecting, centralizing all of their data.
0: Excellent. With that, uh, let's dive into the details. I understand that a typical large enterprise has their data stemming or stored in several thousand endpoints. This to me is an operational nightmare for highly data driven companies that we see today, and I have a threefold question on this one, what has led to this fragmentation, and two, is that changing with the shift to cloud
1: yeah it's it's a it's a good question so if, if you sort of look back to you know like early 90s or even the 80s like you know 30 years ago 20 years ago a lot of companies you know only had a few source systems or systems of record that they were leveraging a lot of times this is like their erp um, their billing systems uh, their product database and all of these were on-premise and so Uh, a lot of those source systems still reside today with this you know with the same technology underlying you know oracle sap uh you know one of like db2i one of these same sort of technologies and those reside today so a lot of our larger customers still have all these same systems they've maybe upgraded them somewhat but they're all like you know on premise and the and so you know they want to get those you know those the data from those systems into a cloud-based data warehouse um and why a cloud-based data warehouse or data lake just because the cloud you know the cloud data warehouses or data lakes like snowflake or databricks are you know 100 times better than the on-premise systems that came before them like matiza vertica Greenplum, things like that um so there's this like this drive to to, to move those source of systems and we help with that the other thing that's sort of exploded or changed in the last, you know, ten years or even you know, fifteen years has been the explosion of all these these other cloud applications. So, in addition to the on-premise systems, you know, a lot of these companies are now leveraging all these cloud-based systems. So, like Salesforce is a great example, or Netsuite, um, or all of the the marketing applications like. Uh, Eloqua or um, Marketo or, you know, all of your Google ads. And so like over a very large business, there's just this explosion of different data sources that are now new, and for them, you know, the way in which they get the most value out of their data is to bring it all together into a single place and then run modeling and things, you know, on top of that. And so that's why it's like a much harder problem in some ways. Um, but the nice thing is that the cloud data warehouses are fully elastic. So you can sort of put everything into them. And, uh, and so Fivetran helps with that. Does that that give you a good understanding of sort of what has changed?
0: Yes. Perfect. And maybe perhaps, uh, we can touch a bit about Fivetran. What part of the problem are you addressing in the data integration and management vertical today?
1: So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's largely the data movement piece. So if you have data in, say, an on-premise SQL Server database, and you want to get a replication, you know, you want to replicate that into your cloud data warehouse, let's say, Snowflake, um, we can do that for you in a highly automated fashion. Uh, And what I mean by that is literally you can, like, point us at the database, point us, you know, connect us to your warehouse, hit go. We will replicate everything for you. We will keep it up to date in one-minute six. We do it all incrementally, uh, and we handle all this somewhat uh, in in a in a in a in a highly low configuration uh, setup. So, in other words, you can get you know the whole database replicating and set up in, in a matter of like minutes, and then it just runs for you in the background, and you don't have to necessarily think about it or worry about it. Um, and so we do that from now, we have over 400 different connectors and we're building, you know, hundreds more every quarter right now. Um, and so we're sort of like, you know, we're, we're, we're that data movement partner for a lot of our customers.
0: Just in terms of your platform, is it a cloud-led platform or is it an on-premise solution?
1: Flatrend started as a cloud-based platform and is largely still um, cloud today we acquired a company two years ago called hvr which was an on-premise technology so now we do support both cloud and on-premise and hybrid for customers who are moving from on-premise to cloud Um, and so depending on what our customers needs are in terms of speed security we can offer them different deployment options
0: Right. You, you mentioned HVR. I understand that you acquired HVR with an eye on enterprise market. How has that strategy played out?
1: Yeah, we, we, um, you know, we understood how difficult it is to build replication from a lot of those on-premise systems, particularly the legacy ones like Oracle and uh, Sybase and DB2i and, uh, and all of those uh and we were able to acquire hvr you know think of 5chan at that point as a largely a company that was focused on smb and commercial uh markets and we were working uh you know to move up in market and we had supported a lot of the larger you know enterprise businesses with a lot of their SaaS type applications like salesforce and netsuite and things like that um, but we didn't have the database replication technology. So acquiring HVR brought in a lot of this database technology and brought in the expertise on how to continue to uh, to iterate and, and, uh, and innovate around replicating data from these on premise legacy systems. Um, and so it's worked out extraordinarily well for us as we've shifted a lot of our focus, particularly in the last year and a half to supporting the enterprise uh, and um, yeah it's it's uh it, it's been a it's been a really good a really good acquisition for us
0: are there any specific verticals or sectors within the different industries that you are targeting with uh, hvr or more broadly with fightran
1: you know an- initially we factoring got took hold with a lot of the uh, fast growing tech startups and hvr initially grew with a lot more of the, I would say, the manufacturing and uh, financial services uh, uh, and other sort of more uh, traditional verticals. Um, the interesting thing is just like Soflake or Databricks or AWS, we offer a product that works for every industry and almost every company size, over 50 employees. Um, Or even less. You know, we have we have companies that are ten employees that use Five Chan, and then we have you know companies that are three hundred thousand employees that use Five Chan. And so the 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 focus, you know, we we have tried to focus a bit in the last year on on manufacturing, financial services, and retail. Um, But that said, we do have customers across every industry, healthcare, um, and uh, and so that's the in in some ways that's great, but it also can be a challenge because. You know, it's, not, it's, it's difficult to build out the vertical specific materials needed for each one of these industries. Um, so we have some of that built today and we'll be expanding that a lot over the coming years.
0: Maybe we can touch a bit on your revenue model. Is it a seed based revenue model or is it a capacity based revenue model? And what is the typical mix between monthly versus annual contracts?
1: yeah certainly um so we provide a consumption-based pricing model uh that is uh based around the volume of data that you are our customers are replicating um we found that this is the highest correlation with value to our customers for what they're actually moving so the the more you move the the more you pay uh essentially similar to something like snowflake or databricks in terms of the more you query the more you pay um and in terms of the breakdown from uh, customers that are paying monthly we offer monthly we also offer annual committed contracts. Um, for the smaller businesses a lot of them I would say seventy to eighty percent are paying monthly uh, and that at some point usually convert to an annual in order to uh, to get a better uh, a better price um, with the larger enterprise customers I would say it's probably 90% are landing on contract uh, because you know you know, and other teams want to make sure that we have DPAs and all the other uh, sort of you know security pieces buttoned up before they want to pass their data through our system
0: while we are on the topic of uh, revenue model and uh, that you mentioned that you are purely capacity-based or consumption-based pricing model what is your sense of the demand environment today especially in light of the slower decision cycles that we are seeing among enterprises and our cloud optimization trends
1: yeah i'd say it's it's been an interesting year you know after you know 13 years or more of of a of a growing and prosperous uh market you know i think this last year has been one of transition for a lot of our customers and a lot of as you would say the demand um i think i think demand has slowed down or did slow down particularly in the first half of this year and some of the you know the second half of last year uh, and we see that across the data industry for you know even folks like snowflake and i think the um you know that that sort of makes sense i think a lot of companies were were in very high growth mode and were spending for high growth and high expectation of spend. And as that, you know, as the, as the, the funding sort of came down a bit and the valuations came down a bit that uh, I think a lot of companies had to go more into a, a mode of, of driving, you know, unit economics as well as driving growth. Um, I do think that that is that, that sort of mentality of like let's not spend anymore has bottomed out and we're seeing customers starting to expand. I think particularly with uh, the the rate cuts that are expected um, in, in, in North America, at least, that companies are starting to, to open up spending again and realize that, you know, particularly around their data infrastructure, this is a key piece of, of actually optimizing and growing your business. And so um, we're optimistic that it should be a good year on the demand side for next year.
0: Great. You, along with uh, George Fraser, co-founded Fivetran, but both seem to have different educational backgrounds. And I am curious to understand your journey from design strategy to co-founding Fivetran and building a data management platform. What were the motivations behind it?
1: Yeah, I'll try and make it brief uh, because I don't think we have enough time to get through the whole story. George and I founded Fivetran in... Uh, 2012, so it's been over 11 years now and, uh, and in 11 exciting years at that. George has a, a background in, he has a, a PhD in neuroscience and an undergrad in, in uh, cognitive or computer science, uh, and then I have a liberal arts degree from Amherst College. Uh, and so it's quite an interesting mix, but the two of us have been long family friends um, for actually multiple generations. And, uh, and we decided we wanted to start a company together. The idea of the company came largely from George and George's time uh, at his PhD lab at a neuroscience company that he worked at after that, where he was spending a lot of time helping the various other scientists on the team who didn't have programming skills to work with data, um, largely in tools like MATLAB, Mathematica, uh, and so his idea was to create a cloud-based and an easier product for, you know, for, for scientists to work with data. Um, and so that was the initial sort of idea. We, uh, we were accepted, uh, we applied and were accepted to uh, Y Combinator. And I think within, you know, the first month or so in Y Combinator, we recognized that while that was a good initial idea, that actually the opportunity was much larger to focus on helping businesses with data and helping analysts with data. And we were surrounded by a lot of, you know, small and growing companies in Silicon Valley and felt that that was an easier, you know, market for us to focus on. Um, And so we transitioned to focusing on analysts and, and, and we sort of built at first a vertical uh, BI tool, you know, a, a fully uh, a kind of all-in-one BI tool that had, you know, a, a sort of pivot table uh, type editor experience, and then also had um, had a database underneath it, had integrations into it. And some of this was sort of based on conversations that, you know, neither of us had, had come from this space. Uh, but we both really want to start companies, you know, company, company, and so, we took a lot of first principles approaches to understanding the space and or not understanding what had come before us and so i think you know when, when interviewing customers or potential customers what we heard over and over again was that a lot of the analysts are spending about 40 percent of their time just getting data from all the different places that it resided all the like different silos and then you know spent about you know the these analysts spent about 10 or 15 percent of the time Analyzing it, and then they spent about you know forty plus t- percentage of their time evangelizing and sharing that data throughout the organization. Um, and so we felt this this is strange. Like, why is it only you know fifteen or ten percent of them actually analyzing? It should be a lot more of their time actually analyzing it. And so, and, and is there a way to sort of help evangelize easier? Um, and so that was that was the sort of target area that we we focused on. And you know, I think we sort of stumbled into the replication piece of of actually centralizing data. We just took a first principles approach of like, hey, there's this new modern technology called Redshift. Instead of only moving some of the data, we should move all of the data in a highly automated way. We built it largely for ourselves. And then it turned out that's actually what customers really wanted. They wanted a very easy way to get data in where they didn't have to manage the infrastructure. They didn't have to build a bunch of custom pipelines and that they could within minutes have data flowing and then not have to worry about it anymore. And just have this infrastructure, you know, essentially manage and host it. So that was what sort of led us into it. And in 2015, we launched with, uh, with uh, you know, the product that we have today. And, uh, and it hasn't, you know, hasn't really changed all that much. You know, we've added more connectors. We've added, you know, our, our reliability has increased significantly. Uh, and our speed has increased significantly. Um, and the infrastructure is is obviously a lot more sound now than it was when there's just the two of us building it. Um, But the cool thing is is how how well we sort of figured out the market. Uh, And some of that, again, came from first principles that also came from the advent of like the cloud data warehouses like Snowflake um, and Redshift that that sort of changed the whole whole data landscape, if you will.
0: How big is the opportunity that you are chasing? Anything that you can quantify in concrete numbers?
1: Yeah, l- looking at different, um, you know, l- looking at a couple different different uh, analyst uh, reports. So IDC came up with a report specifically around data integration. They believe, I think the market's around 6 billion today and we'll get up to in 2027, 2028 to at least 12 billion. Uh, that's just for the existing commercial market. We actually believe that it's a much larger market if you actually take into account the DIY that most of our customers are doing. So if you think about like the landscape of tooling, there's a lot of legacy tools like, you know, Informatica and Del Boomi and some of these other folks who are a tool that is essentially a workflow tool. You have to go in, your customer, as a customer, you have to go and you have to build all of your connections. You have to move the data, you have to manage it. If it breaks, it's sort of on you to fix it. Um, and so as a result, I think a lot of, co- you know, companies have just decided to build this within, you know, a programming environment rather than within a commercial environment, uh, a workflow, you know, commercial environment. And, uh, and so if you actually take a, you know, take a, a look at um, what every, you know, if you, if you imagine that every company that's using a cloud data warehouse or cloud data lake, that's like Snowflake, Databricks, S3, uh, all of the the synapse and, and Azure, you know, uh, data lakes and, and one lake, and all that stuff added up. That combined is probably a, you know a billion plus in terms of of, of market right now. Now, uh, sorry, a hundred billion plus. And so, you know, if you think about all of those customers and those companies have to move data, um, and so we're probably want you know a percentage of that somewhere between the, the overall market opportunity when you include. DIY is probably at least 30% of that. So I'd say at least $30 billion in the next few years. Um, So it's a massive opportunity.
0: What are some of the unique propositions of FITRAN platform? Why should an enterprise choose your platform versus competitors like Informatica, Airbyte, and perhaps in a limited way, Confluent?
1: Certainly, I I think the, um, the, The easiest comparison, you know, there's sort of, there's the old guard of tools, like I mentioned, like Informatica. Again, those are like a workflow tool. And so in comparing them to us, the biggest difference is how automated Fivetrain is. And when I say automated, I mean, like you go in, as I said, set up a database, like connect us to a database via a user. You connect us to your cloud data warehouse, your target you hit go, we replicate everything for you, we create the tables for you, we we manage uh, schema drift or any schema changes. You know, So we sort of manage the entire thing all the way through to the end tables and we keep updating those end tables for you within the warehouse. Uh, whereas in it was inside of like uh, Informatica, you have to pull, figure out which tables you want to pull, you have to pull those tables, you have to transform all those tables yourself, you have to then Designate where they're going to go. You have to create the source, the the destination, uh, where, warehouse tables. Then you know you have to figure out the incremental update logic. Like there's just a tremendous amount of infrastructure that you end up having to build. So that's why a lot of our customers pick us over uh, the the tools like Informatica for at least the data replication piece. Um, Informatica has a bunch of other tools on top of that that you know that we don't necessarily offer uh yet but I think that's where you know at least for data movement we are we are sort of best in breed um for the newer tools like airbyte you know they they just don't necessarily have the scale uh or infrastructure that we have they also don't support all the Legacy databases uh that we have as well so you know in a way I think we're 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 in a place where we're really the only provider that does uh, automated CDC database, database and otherwise replication at scale, and that we can be the one-stop, you know, shop for all for our customers for replicating everything. Um, you mentioned Confluent. I think Confluent is, uh, you know, it's a great tool for the percentage of people who really need to do streaming uh, and create a message bus. I think oftentimes we we believe that that doing a batch or micro batch. Uh, update uh, process is significantly less complex and that most of our customers don't actually need real time. They need real time for maybe 5% of their data. Otherwise like a micro batch like that's a one minute or five minute latency is perfectly fine and is a lot simpler because you end up with, uh, with a table set that's exact mirror of your source rather than a bunch of data that just gets piled in on top of itself. Uh, and is much harder to work with in the warehouse. So I I don't know if that gives you an understanding of of the ecosystem better, if you have more questions.
0: That's great insight. Before we touch on AI, of late uh, we've seen big push by AWS about zero ETL. How disruptive is that for your business and more generally for data integration or management space?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there, there certainly is uh, a push for, for the hyperscalers to make ETL from their own uh, or data replication from their own products to their own products much simpler. And, and certainly I think custom, some customers will select that. There are a lot of things that, that they don't necessarily have still that, that we have. Um, and I think the reason that a lot of customers still select us over those, those products is because they have a single way that is unified across all of the data sources uh, that updates in the exact same way so in other words like if you're using aurora you know sql on on aws and you want to replicate to redshift great you can use their zero etl but what happens about with like all of your on-premise databases what happens with you know all of the other tools that you have all the SaaS products like you know it's sort of uh it's sort of hard to manage like say you have 100 connectors that are not within Amazon, and then you have one or two within Amazon. It's like, great, you can use that that for those one or two connectors, but then you're gonna get a slightly different update process. You're gonna have a different vendor you have to deal with when things don't work well, like all that kind of stuff. And so what we find is that customers then, you know, decide it's actually simpler and easier to have a single vendor for all of their replication.
0: Cruising into the topic of AI, how will AI impact the data management or data integration landscape and what challenges or opportunities does that bring for FITRAM? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, AI is this uh, is this big wave right now that, uh, that that every company is trying to figure out how do I leverage AI? And the interesting thing that we've seen and that we strongly believe is that AI is powered by data, right? And a lot of people forget that it, your AI is only as good as the data that you feed it, and particularly your own you know, company data. And so we've seen a, a somewhat explosion of customers coming in that are taking data to load into S3 or into a, a data lake like Databricks or even into Snowflake, um, largely for AI to build on top of that. Uh, and so, you know, and this is like companies of all different sizes, um, but you know, I think Fivetran has, uh, has a lot to offer for, for these customers. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I mean, I think, I think it's still early though in the space and I think that um, there's gonna be a lot of innovation yet to come. Like Fivetran's uh, mission is to make data, like access to data as simple and reliable as electricity. And you know, I think why electricity? It's a great analogy because when you think about when electricity was first invented in the turn of the century, folks were using it and wiring up their house for light. But of course, as soon as you have easy access to electricity within your house, there's this explosion of other tools like hair dryers, washing machines, vacuum cleaners, like all the electronics that we use today. Um, and so we believe the same thing it, it, it will happen and is happening with data where if we make it extremely easy for our customers to have access to all of their data uh, within a single place uh, or wherever they, they need it, then they have the opportunity to to leverage all of the AI uh, like tools, to leverage just, you know, regular BI tools, and, and really like we'll see this innovation of, you know, new products uh, that are happening, you know, downstream of that. So we're, we're pretty excited about it.
0: Today, are you using any, any of the AI capabilities for your internal workflow, and how is that impacting your productivity?
1: Yeah, we we have spent a bunch of time investing in AI ourselves. One way in which we're leveraging it uh, is to actually build connectors. So we've point, you know, we we have this process that will, you know, we can point at uh at at certain apis it will automatically build a connector for us and then we review it with a with a team internally and what we've seen as a result of that is that we are significantly faster at building a lot of the connectors like it's down from you know weeks to like hours to actually build new connectors and and the way in which we then support our customers is that we can build you know on request anything that they that they need us to actually build that's like one example. There's a couple others that we're working on that, that I'm not at liberty to speak about yet.
0: Two topics uh, that are likely to become persistent in the technology discussions, especially around AI, is security and governance. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say on that and how are you positioned to monetize that opportunity?
1: You know. Security is, is, a, is, a, is a sort of the fourth pillar of Vivetran uh, is, you know, it, it's critical. I mean, data really is one of the largest assets for our customers. And so we spend a tremendous amount of energy and focus on ensuring security and any of the, you know, making sure that we have, we can support any of the security protocols uh, that our customers have. You know, we, we have, you know, SOC 2, uh, PCI, we now have HIPAA compliance, um we uh you know we, we again spend a tremendous amount of energy on that side of it and so for our customers like getting data moving data like getting into the warehouses for them you know we can do in the most secure fashion um i think from a governance perspective governance is a harder field uh or a, it's sort of like an, a, a more immature space i would say because part of governance is about it's not just like a tool can solve it. It's really like there are different schools of thought for how to do governance. And there's a lot of like business process that you have to think about, like who should have access and why, how, how far down do you want that access to go? How do you want to make sure data doesn't, you know, transfer outside of the EU? Like there's just a lot of different, you know, sort of challenges with it and different uh, regulations within different industries. Um, and so there's not exactly a perfect tool for it yet. I think different companies are solving it in different ways. I do think that's an area we, where we will see a lot more innovation over the coming years. Um, and and FiveChain's approach to that is to be an open platform where we integrate with all the different providers, uh, the different available governance tools um, that, are, that, are, that are on the market today. Or we have customers that just integrate directly in with their metadata, with our metadata layer Uh, so that they can control and understand like who has access, what's the lineage of these tables, like all of those pieces. So I don't know if this this answers your question exactly, Sunio, but I think this is an area to keep an eye on.
0: Sure. Moving to some big picture questions. Where do you see the company in next uh, five years? Anything you can talk about on your customer or revenue ambitions?
1: Yeah, we. I mean, we see FaTran as an independent uh, company that is large, is serving at least you know the majority of the enterprise companies in the world. We think we have a an opportunity to be a leader in this space, and uh, and you know we already are on our way there with with great names like Morgan Stanley or Asics or Condé Nast or Nintendo or Nando's, uh, Thomson Reuters or JetBlue. You know a lot of these companies are already leveraging us and and, and as you you can tell a lot of them are the most innovative companies on the planet or in their markets i think more and more companies will end up adopting us and leveraging us to help move data not only to you know their data warehouse but for all the different applications that they have downstream of that i think the reason that fivetran is more valuable as an independent company to our to our uh, our customers is because we provide them leverage to be able to move data to wherever they want. Uh, And this allows them a lot of control over where they send the data uh, and what they're doing with the data, which is ultimately one of the most important pieces for them in their data stack, uh, especially today between the different clouds. Um, So I think it's going to be a pretty good next five years for us and uh and i think our growth will 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 kind of show that
0: before i move into our last section we see a lot of cross platform or cross solution competition growing my question is why can't database management system vendors enter data integration and data management space and how disruptive will it will that be for your
1: Throat. It's a it's a great question. I mean, I think that you could say the same thing of like the last the last you know generation of tools. Like, why didn't the database management products build a lot of the you know integrations themselves? And the reality is that I think there's a couple different reasons for that. The first one uh, is that database uh, engineers and, and database like R and D teams are are comprised of folks who are are extremely smart. Uh, <laughs> and who are good at building within their own castle, their own domain. So they get to decide all, decide all the rules, they get to decide how the, you know, the compute engines and everything else works. And, and whereas FiveTrans like the complete opposite. Integrations are like you're, you're integrating to all everyone else's castles, like you're working with all the different tools. And so there's a, t- a ton of different management around like APIs and replicating and working with what you're given. Um, and so the type of engineers that we have are very different. Like they're very focused on, uh, you know, air handling and, you know, and in, in continuing to to fix the bugs that happen as a result of other people's, you know, changes upstream or downstream of us. Um, and so just like at a cultural level on the engineering teams, there's a pretty big difference. The second thing is that I think the data databases, you know, it, they're, both in terms of the the transactional DBs today, as well as the cloud uh, uh, um, data like data warehouse databases, uh, column stores are it's it's a very competitive market, and so you know I think they're all working to compete very closely with each other, uh, and building a fully automated data replication product like ours is a huge undertaking. It's not just like, oh, I'm build a framework and how this works. Like to build a framework that supports the hundreds of different connectors and is able to do it at scale is an entire business. And so I think these, co- the, these database tools have to ask themselves, like, are they willing to undertake that, that business? It took us probably, you know, f- at least five to seven years to really harden the replication methods and this is particularly true of all the APIs you know because constant the APIs are constantly changing a lot of them have undocumented uh, aspects to them Um, and so you know I think that's one of the other reasons that they will probably build you know a few connectors but those connectors will not be as uh, as proficient as ours and also they will not get the breadth of the different connectors necessary especially in in a world where there's like new applications being built daily. So the number of connectors is just going to increase for every company.
0: That's a great perspective. With that, we come to our last section, which I call as final three, your answers can be one liners on this. So my first question on this is where is the biggest untapped opportunity today in the data management or data integration space? And then, Do we need to shift our focus to right or left, as in developer's language? Biggest opportunity in data management
1: is, from my perspective, in the problems we see, is getting reliable access to your data. That is, while it sounds easy, it is extraordinarily hard uh, at scale.
0: Right. So my second question will be, how did the name Fivetran come to be?
1: (laughs) Fivetran is a play on words of Fortran. Um, We when we were initially, you know, starting the company, we saw, you know, Fivetran as the next generation in data tools. Um, because Fortran has been such an important low-level language for all things data for the last 70 years, it's still used today in a, in a number of our customers, uh, and so you know I think it's worked out pretty well for us as a as a as a name. But what do you think?
0: I think that's excellent. I mean, it's quite innovative way of thinking for a name. And uh, the last question here would be. Do we need more developers or less developers in the future, especially with the oncoming of Gen AI? And why do you think so? Whatever is your answer to that?
1: I think we need more developers. I think there's just so much opportunity uh, to continue to innovate using technology. And while I do think AI will make this this innovation uh, more accessible to non Uh, non-developers or semi-developers I still think the opportunity for innovation across every industry is much much larger than that and that AI can only play a certain role in this so I think we need more
0: that's a great summary so with that we come to the end of our podcast Uh, Taylor thank you very much for making time for this uh, podcast this is really helpful and uh, quite insightful
1: yeah, so Neil, thanks so much for having me. And uh, and hopefully for the listeners out there, if you have challenges with moving data, centralizing data, analytics, any of those areas, please come check out fivetrend.com. Uh we'd love to we'd love to chat with you.
0: Thank you very much.